Hello, everyone, and welcome to Show Hoppers. Today we are covering Bodies, Episode 6, The World is Yours. I am Mr. Sal, high school science teacher, watching Bodies for the first time, and I'm doing so with my co-host and former student, Kurt. Kurt, was any of it real? It was, uh, that's a very big question, Mr. Sal. Know, what are you referring right? to? <laughs> the series? I hope not. Podcast? <laughs> yes. I think so. <laughs> me? I am. The fact that you told me that you already recorded this podcast a few days ago in my timeline, you told me. I told you that, that a few days ago, but yeah. I haven't recorded this podcast. I, don't I know, know you have right now. I, I don't but... remember telling you that. <laughs> I haven't done that. Well. Uh, I'm very yeah. confused about it then. Oh, speaking of confused, let's guess each other's ratings. Ratings. Chronologically, you love the Hilling Head stuff. You were thrilled to see that he had given a choice between uh, his his own his the demise of his reputation and his family and Henry, the demise of Henry, he chose to turn himself in and preempt any release of photos. So to, so as to maintain his family's reputation, but ruin his own. Uh, I think you liked that a lot. I think you liked the, the white men getting uh, interrogated by apparently uh, Harker's son, who's also Polly's son. Which means Harker and Polly had a kid together, and I think you you mm-hmm. were kind of thrilled by that. And I think you liked seeing Whiteman go and <laughs> pop off on the <laughs> Polly, Polly and Julian. Uh, let's see. I think uh, the the Hassan stuff. This might this might be your favorite Hassan stuff because it was uh, very. I mean, th- this is kind of what everything's been building to. We got to see this explosion. Um, and we kind of have been able to fill in the blanks on how that all happens. And then, oh God, we even get to fill in the blanks on that we had in the 2053 timeline. We see him go back. We see Elias go, well, I guess Maddox go back in time and uh, get the tattoo. So we understand where the tattoo comes from, where the eye bullet comes from and why it's not still in his head. And where the uh, the nudity apparently comes from. So I, I mean, it answered a lot of questions. I actually am shocked that we have two episodes left, but I think you love this episode. So ten out of ten. You already gave a lot of reasons why. Um, I do think you gave it a ten. Mannix, he said more quotes. He said a lot of quotes in this episode. <laughs> Very quotey. But yeah, before he even jumped into the the throw in the twenty fifty three timeline, he was spitting out quotes to Maple. <laughs> <laughs> this man loves dropping quotes. He probably would have said a lot I'm, more to Whiteman if he let him. I mean, that's true. <laughs> but but like anything that any character says is a quote. Like, no, you get what I'm saying though. Come I do. on, no, I do. yeah, I get it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I swear, all he does all day is sitting around planning his quotes out. Uh, that might literally be true, though. Like, <laughs> that is true. No, it, it makes sense with his character. Yeah. Fair with it. Fair with it. So, but you dig that. You love quotes. I think you you dig the those quotes. You like Manix. He was your favorite character last episode. We're not even talking about favorite characters yet, but whatever. You love that situation. Twenty fifty three, twenty twenty three. It basically this whole episode kind of closes the loop, so to say, which I think you really enjoy because now we begs the question: What's the next two episodes going to be? If we've closed the loop now, 
I, I guess I'm, I'm actually staggered. I, I really yeah. don't know what the next two episodes are. <laughs> yeah, I guess you could argue the loop's not closed because we haven't. We end the episode with, I guess, Mannix making his way to the past to become Julian Harker. So uh-huh. I guess they could still show us him kind of becoming the Julian Harker we'll later see. But besides that, we've basically seen the loop at this point. So yeah, I mean, the loop's not much of a jail, mystery now. Whiteman's in the gallows. Like, mm-hmm. I, what? I don't know what else we see for those two characters. So I don't think this is the end of them. I, I would hope not. There are two episodes left. Yeah, I don't think it's the end of them. <laughs> I, now, I, now I, I think we'll have connected tissue. I think this is the. Uh, I think this is where. So we we've kind of gone through the loop thread, but what's on the other side now, right? Like Maplewood. Mm-hmm. And I guess Hassan are at the cutting edge yeah. of what we know. So I'm very interested in what's going to happen next. That's there. true. That's true. The 2053 stuff, they can ho- focus very heavily on that. And I hope they do. I'm excited yeah. for that. But yeah. I kind of lost the plot here. I think you gave Sorry. it a 10. No, okay. you're fine. <laughs> you, you love the episode every which way. Hailing Head. Why, I don't think you have a bad thing with this episode. I think you loved it all. Yeah, I definitely did. Of this course. Is this is the yeah. best one. This is the best <laughs> it's one. so yeah. good. It's so great. It's, so, it's, it's a great so mix of everything. Like plot, the characters yeah. are all really cool. There's some uh-huh. real nice emotional stuff. There definitely is all emotional around. stuff here. Yeah, this is Hard really, decisions. really good. Oh, it's wonderful. Uh, yeah. I, something, you kind of touched on it when you were talking about Mannix or Julian Harker and even mm-hmm. called Elias. I love yeah. how, I guess similar to Better Call Saul actually does this a lot, where it's Jimmy, mm-hmm. Saul, Goodman, Gene. You yes. go by different names, it helps yep. you kind of contextualize yep. what phase of the character's life we're talking about him. I know, I love Very it. useful for a series like yep. this. <laughs> yep. did a great job with that. Yeah. Maddox, Elias, Julian. Yeah. I, I'll tell you what, we got to the end and we saw, uh, what's his name? Defoe gets shot in the eye mm-hmm. and, the, and the bullet drop. And I was like, well, that explains the eye, but we still don't know about the tattoo or the nudity. <laughs> That's, that's the last thing we see is that when when harker g- arrives in 1890 he's g- suddenly got a tattoo and he's naked so yeah. apparently the- i i am wondering how the tattoo actually gets there yeah i don't know like what's that what, what's that just well, but i guess but- the only thing i'll say is like that that marking was in the throat did you see it like no, the, I didn't they, see that when they, in the when throat. They sh- no. When they show the throat, it's got mm-hmm. the horizontal line and the three vertical lines. Oh, okay. Yeah, like the the you know what I'm talking about, like the the bolts, the red bolts that go across the from one end of the throat to the other. I I, I vaguely know what the throat looks like, but I didn't realize they showed the depiction in it. No, all right. Yeah, that's it's it's like it's the first thing I noticed when they showed the throat. In this episode, I didn't notice it last time. Last time, more it was a lot more amorphous. But in this episode, when they thro- showed the throat, like I was like, "Oh man, that's three vertical lines and a horizontal line." Going I, I across wonder the if that's because of the time Defoe set on it. But it looks like all of his got the marking. I guess I'm curious I, as to why they get the marking from the throat. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't, I, honestly, that's not that important to me either. I'm not nah. too concerned about it. They've kind of explained. I there's probably more behind it. We might learn. But maybe, I, but no, it really does answer basically all the questions this <laughs> set out. The biggest question now is what happens after this now? If right. from beyond the loop, right? The loop's completed. The loop will keep completing mm-hmm. itself at yeah. infinitesimum or I whatever. Mean, look, it, it, I said last time that it was a bold move. They spoiled like everything. 
surprise, <laughs> but they didn't. They they had surprises left for us, which was amazing. But like, because we knew that Whiteman was going to go kill Julian Harker, and mm-hmm. we knew that Jawad was going to die. Uh, I mean, we know these things. We know that that Maddox is going through the throat. We know that Defoe is going to die. We don't know how, <laughs> but we know all this stuff. And, 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 and Maddox doesn't even know how he dies. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. But but the, we know all this stuff, and yet it still felt fresh and exciting and surprising. And there were actual legitimate surprises that we didn't know. Ah, that's this is that, I, I'm loving it, this series. It, it's a this really is really way, good. It's a really interesting way of storytelling, which is I guess I'm invoking it again. Check out our coverage of Better Call Saul, where yep. Better Call Saul is a prequel to Breaking Bad. So if you've yep. seen Breaking Bad, you kind of know that some of the characters have plot armor because they make it into the next series. Right. So this series does a lot more than just plot armor, but yeah, it literally does just spoil things. But the interesting mm-hmm. part of it is, I guess from a narrative point of view, is once you kind of set out a given of, well, you know this character is not going to die. In fact, you know yeah. what this character ends up doing in a sequential series. The the viewer now looks at the, you can you can do things with a different lens with the character. I, I, I don't know how to describe yeah. it, but you could you could tell a story in a different way. It, it's a different angle, mm-hmm. a take on something. So it's it's an interesting one. One that could probably get easily fumbled. Just yeah, absolutely. Because now you've spoiled what's going to happen. And, but yeah, no, they've done. I agree, they did a great job. I mean, here's a perfect example. Like that, Hassan is going to be very important to Elias, and we don't mm-hmm. know why. We, we know that she's going to. She, we know she's going to be asked to help him make the choice between whether to push the button or not. Like we, we know that, uh, mm-hmm. and and then we we, we see. That you know, it looks like everything's fine. Looks like it's all calmed down, but you know that it can't be. You know that that she is inevitable. She she inevitably is going to lead him to trigger the bomb. And first of all, the way that it happens was heartbreaking. It was like really an emotional gut punch I was not expecting, And, and like really, really interesting that. Her best intentions, when she thought that they were safe, led her to that, or led him to to that. No, but, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. And part of me thinks that if I'm Hassan, and I hear I hear that record addressed to me, and I and I go to the bank, and there's a vault that was put in my name in 1941 with a key. I, Part of me thinks I'm staying as far away from Elias Maddox as possible. <laughs> if, if this record's telling me I'm going to help him make the decision, I, I don't want anything to do with him, particularly not alone in that end scene there, or, or in the last 2023 scene. Well, it's but, inevitable, Mr. Sal. I guess so. It's inevitable. And that's the horror of it. That's why I, I like that yeah. horrific part of it. Just yeah, You it can't is. change it. They've yep. been very consistent with it. They it have. is just... I love it. Oh, I love it. The six of time travel. It's so good. I know. I, oh, I love man. the horror element of it. Yes, it, and I never thought about it that way, but it is. It's like it's like a horror element to it. So, oh, and, and is... the way Maddox leads into it, like even when he dies, he's like, "This is not the end. It's too late. <laughs> it's too. <laughs> yep, you're too late. Already he's just celebrating. <laughs> <laughs> he's running circles around the sky, figuratively, uh, not literally. Yeah. No, he's not running anywhere, literally. <laughs> but yeah, I wonder what it took to record a vinyl back then in your house. Like it, it must have. He must have had some pretty specialized equipment. Yeah, probably. I mean, 
Oh, they had a radio transmission and but yeah. I guess <laughs> I I don't know how I, I've never played a vinyl. You've never played a vinyl? I've wow. heard vinyls. People have put vinyls on. I've never taken a vinyl, put it on something, and put the needle on it. And I've wow. never done that. I guess yeah. that's reasonable. I, I, I shouldn't be surprised by that. It's just, I, I haven't done it in a long time. But I don't know. Vinyl, I, I thought maybe you had because vinyl kind of is making a comeback. Like it's a, it is. I have, I have like friends that have like a vinyl yeah. stuff that they you know play music on or whatever from. But I, just, yeah. I, don't, I, don't, I don't deal in it. Yeah. Not my territory. <laughs> stay in your lane yes <laughs> i know i know what i know reference <laughs> i know what i know don't know vinyl <laughs> all right kurt i would like to guess your favorite scene favorite scenes all right i i man i thought about this a lot and it is like very hard for me to pick your favorite scene. I think there's a chance that your favorite scene is uh, the the last Hassan scene where Elias triggers the bomb, uh, or the where um, she he brings she brings him to his mother's place. I think that's there's a good chance that it's that. I think there's a, nice a, a good. Yeah, I am hedging. I'm going to double hedge. In fact, I, th- I think there's a good chance <laughs> that it's. Uh, the the meeting the first time uh that well i guess there's only one time that hassan meets up with elias and barbara on the boat and they listen to julian harker's record but ultimately i think i'm going to go with the 2053 uh hassan manix shootout where they both get shot here uh so where Hassan, do you know what I'm talking? Well, yeah, mind. You know I'm yeah, so, yeah. So, so I, that's that's where I'm going with the the Hassan Maddox shootout in 2053. All right, uh, if you're gonna hedge, I also want to hedge. Yeah, go for it. Hedge, hedge away. Um, last 1890 scene where Hillinghead gives himself up. Last 1941 scene where Whiteman, uh. I guess also gives himself <laughs> up. Picking all, all the last scenes. Yeah, uh, twenty fifty four three scene with them. Um, the last one where Maple would shoot Defoe. Defoe shoot. Um, Defoe in a way gives himself up and twenty. And actually, what I'm going to really guess for you because you have recency bias is the final scene in twenty twenty three when Elias. Sees his mother reject him, and then he decides to detonate the bomb. So you're not counting um, Maddox waking waking up in 1890 as the final scene. No, I guess that is the final scene. You're right. <laughs> well, no, see, he's not waking up in 1890. He's got to wake up earlier than that. He's got to. It's, we'll they said they set it to 1890. That you know what? You're right. Told, yeah, you're right. They did say that, didn't they? Yes. But I don't. But like, he's. Uh, but they. It just can't be. Because how could he possibly? Fake it, get the, I mean, maybe he did it all in one year. Yeah. I guess he did. I mean, you know, technology was very slow back then. You could, uh, you could really make an impact as one person in, in a short <laughs> amount of time. Yeah, you know, maybe he, maybe like the person's son naturally died of causes. So he's just to walk over and assume their identity. I, I, I don't know. Well, he but, knows because he's been told yeah. you're going to go back and you're going to be Julian Harker. The guy died, but the, the mom will think that it's him. Yeah, you're right, actually. Yeah, yeah. you know, it makes sense. Uh, yeah, it makes sense, 1890. So, yeah. 
We'll say, sorry, not that. that so everybody's so final scene is what you're saying. <laughs> well, those are all hedges. The real one I'm seeing is 2050 or 2023. The, but the final 2023 scene. Yes, yes. Yeah. Where it's, where, it's, <laughs> where you're not know, Hassan calls your family, you're, you're driving to the prison with Elias, uh, and then, yeah, yeah lies. You're, you're really up. leaning into the idea that I have recency bias. Well, we'll see if I'm right or wrong. Yeah, you're wrong, actually. And that's Shocking. actually none of none of those actually. <laughs> so he's four times wrong. Uh, I I picked the the boat scene where Hassan meets up with Elias and Barber, and they listen to Julian's record, and the other agent kind of crashes the party, and mm-hmm. Barber gets shot. And yeah, that's what I picked. Well, why? So, uh, all right. So why did mm-hmm. you? What about that? Did you like? You, so you want me to talk about it before you tell us yours? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So first of all, uh, I I thought Barber was awesome in this in this episode. I really enjoyed him a lot. Uh, the, in fact, I was going to. I really wanted to use a couple of his quotes for who said it, but they both came from the scenes. <laughs> it's my favorite do scene. It. Yeah. yeah, it's my favorite scene. But it's it's really. It's really cool. Uh, you know, he, he says this this country's going to know it's loved. It's going to be beautiful. Uh, but the, the the whole know you're our loved thing, like, really took on a new tone in this episode. A lot of it's because of the last 2023 scene. I'll, I'll grant you that for sure. Mm-hmm. But um, he introduces this concept in this scene of no one should tell you what to do. Only you should decide. So, but he knows it's going to work. Right, so so he he already knows the outcome of this. So saying that that Elias has this choice is really kind of a it's 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 not a neutral statement. Like he had <laughs> just already told him, you should not do this, and he <laughs> says, no one should tell you what you should and shouldn't do. It's kind of similar to Defoe when he's pleading with Maplewood. Yeah. And with the flashbacks that they kind of show, he's mm-hmm. contradicting himself with, he can go back in time and stop him, but at the same point, he's saying there's no yeah. free will. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. exactly. Exactly. But anyway, um, so Hassan gets this location from Barbara and insists, he insists on only her. And that's, I mean, this is part of it. He has to insist on only her so that the other one can come in in secret and trigger his own death, actually, because that's going to be part of this. Because... So- well, I, I'm gonna pause there. When I, yeah. I don't know how much he truly knows. Like, I know that they probably have plot mm-hmm. points that they mm-hmm. that they're told along the way. But I always wonder, like, did he know he was gonna die here? I don't know. I, 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 I don't know. He, he very well could have. He very well yeah. could have. Right? Because they clearly do have information. Like, they'll say things. I oh, say yeah. they. This includes um the Morleys, so, yep. Barber. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, they said that this would happen, and it yep. did happen. So they clearly haven't given like plot points. That's funny right. to say plot points. <laughs> we're not talking about their in-world universe, but they were told plot points of things that will happen. But yeah. I do wonder in this circumstances whether or not he is briefed about his own death. <laughs> like, yeah, he'll yeah, do this and then blah blah blah. And well, and you go simil- home that night. <laughs> similarly, uh, Harker and Polly's son. Do you think that that he was briefed? About his own death, because he seems surprised. Look, yeah, he looks surprised. Yeah. You're right. You know, he looked a lot more surprised than Barber did. Yeah, but but anyway, but so so Barber gives Elias this pep talk, uh, and 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 a rolled up piece of tape that 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 will become very important later. 
Uh, but he doesn't uh, understand. Elias is is not what Barbara thinks he is. He says that I'm not what you think I am, which in that moment he wasn't right. <laughs> and, I, and I like I like the idea that he uh, right up to the end. This it was not this was not him. But when he hears when, when his son arrives and sits with Barbara uh, and. Barbara lets her talk, right? She tries to talk him out of pushing the button. She makes all the logical and ethical and moral arguments. It's, you know, I don't believe that you have that evil in you, but Barbara tells Elias that no one should tell him what to do. Tries to swipe the, Hassan tries to swipe that button, but Elias holds on tight. And Barbara, because Elias is holding on tight to it. Like he, he, he's thinking about it, right? Yeah. yeah. By all but, means. And but Barbara intervenes, and now it's Julian's turn to talk through his last record. And and this is this is really what I love about the scene is is listening to Elias's future self talking to his current self mm-hmm. because you know you, you always hear about like write a letter to your future self or you know make a recording to your future self right and, and you hear about that all the time like it, someone a voice from your past talking to you now in your present. But the concept of a voice from your future talking to you now in your present has is so much more weight to it because this guy knows what's ha- what, what happens. This guy has the authority to say it and, and, and incept these ideas into his head. I think up to this point, Elias, unless Elias has, has heard the records before, which is possible, but unless he's heard the records before, like this, this has so much veritas to them because he is him it's it's him mm-hmm. and he and because it's him he he is able to play off of every insecurity and emotion that elias has he's he plays off yeah. his abandonment his <laughs> sense of inadequacy and fear and sorrow he tells him that he, if he does what must be done he will be loved which is all he wants in the world and interestingly he he could he feels or it seems like he feels like he could have it with Barbara. Like this is his dad. When when, it, when mm. Barbara gets shot and killed, like that's a crucial point that has to happen in order for him to feel abandoned again because he was feeling a little bit loved, right? Yeah, Barbara cared about him. Bar- right? Barbara was feeling a little love, or Barbara was was loving him, you know. And so he he has to feel that connection so that it can be taken away from him again, so he can feel that loss. Now he's feeling abandoned again, and grief and loss. And still insecure, and still inadequate, and still scared, and still full of sorrow, and that I mean, all of this is what leads to him, you know, pushing the button at the end. But listening to Julian talk to his past self, knowing all the insecurities that he has to play off of, mm-hmm. was so interesting to me. I love that. Uh, so cool. It it is really cool, and it, it touches on well. First of all, there's almost the hypothetical as to. I didn't even think about this until we were just talking about it. But mm-hmm. if future Kurt spoke to me and I knew mm-hmm. what I was very confident it was future Kurt, but he was telling me to do something I really didn't want to do. Right. I guess I'd have to do it. I, <laughs> right. I'm telling myself to do it, but with more knowledge, like surely. Yeah. Yeah. Surely I'd have to. And it, it reminds me of a theme, which perhaps the series will come. Well, we, we can see if it does, but, there's kind of beauty I don't say the beauty. Oh, maybe there's a better word for it. But the beauty of the bad things that have happened to you in your life. Oh, I think sure. a lot of people can think back to bad events that have happened to you 
But mm-hmm. from there, either it's pushed you to do something you otherwise wouldn't have done, or consequently you did other things. Yep. An example I can think of really quick, relatively inconsequential, was uh, middle school. My the lunch table I sat at for sixth grade. Mm-hmm. I going into seventh grade, I wasn't really friends with them anymore. Didn't like the kids. Argued yep. with some of them. Didn't like it. So I went. And just because I was playing a sport that year, and I knew two people at this other table, I sat there and ended up making a lifelong friend doing that, right? But had yeah. that not happened, I would have never made that. Had I not had these arguments and this unpleasant time yeah. at the end of sixth grade and early seventh grade with these people that caused me to have to go and do something else because of it, I would never make a lifelong friend that I still have to this day. So oh. it's, you know. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, they want know, things like that. I, I, and I talk about this with, with my students. Uh, I do, I do, um, I've, I've, because it's just a lab science, like there are some weeks where we have lab three times in a week. And, and I use that third lab not to do more science stuff, but to do like have a, either a social interaction or something that, that, um, something that we're, that had, that leads us to talk about emotions. And so I just last week did this uh, activity where we, I, I actually talk about, my own emotions and then I leave them the opportunity to talk about theirs, but mostly they, they want to just write about it and not talk about it. So, um, but one, one of, I, I actually use a series that we've covered on show hoppers. I won't mention the series because I don't want to spoil it for anybody, but in the series, uh, there's a character that is pushed out of a, an eighth story window and ends up in a wheelchair mm-hmm. and, uh, and then is told many, many times that they, that they can't do things because they're in the wheelchair. And, uh, but part of what makes that character is the confidence that they have because they survived that fall. The, the, the survival of the fall gives them the confidence to feel like they can do things even though they're in a wheelchair, because if they can survive that fall, what can't they do? Right. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. um, and I, and I've tried to make very clear to my students that there are definite negative things that come out of those situations. Yes. You they are not either. all good. It's yeah. not all good, but the important thing for us to do is to take what we can that is, that, that, that changes us or that, that helps us learn or grow out of those situations so that they, you can find some, something to pull out of them that makes it so that that is first of all bearable and second of all use it as a tool to help you i i I heard somebody say once that the only difference between a stumbling block and a stepping stone is how you use it which i I like that quote it's not a perfect quote because there are some stumbling blocks that you it implies that you have control over what you do with it and that's not everything yeah not everything you can spin to be good yeah, right. exactly. So, but whenever possible, when we have these negative situations, we should try to figure out what we can take positive away from them. And I talk about a couple of my own things. And I, I talk about one thing that I don't have any control over that is just, these are the hand, this is the hand that I was dealt. I don't have any choice. I have to confront this every day. And it's, and it's hard, but it, uh, it also ends up being one of the great joys of my life. And I talk about that. And then I talk about another thing, which is, uh, so I'm not going to get into that one on the podcast here, but, <laughs> but um, the other, and then I also talk about something that sometimes we put ourselves in, our, in situations intentionally in order to challenge ourselves and, and it's hard and it sucks, but if we can get through it and we accomplish it, it like gives us greater confidence. 
to do things in the future. Uh, that was a, like just a, a musical that I was in that had it was like just I was on stage dancing the whole time, and I am not a good dancer, so it was very very hard. <laughs> so, but anyway, um, but I totally agree with you. The other thing I always think about is like I've the, the great joy of my life is is my family, that my created family that that we've made together here, and it wouldn't be possible if I didn't have the pain of previous relationships, mm -hmm. yeah, you know, I, like it's, it's just not like every relationship that I've ever been in, like I'm talking about romantic relationship, every romantic yeah. relationship that I've ever, ever been in had to end. And I had to learn something from it in order to be in the relationship that I'm in now with my wife that helped us make this family that, I, that is, means so much to me. So like it, you're you're absolutely right. Like it, those negative experiences, those things that hurt a lot, can be a cause, be a, be a source of great confidence and joy if we can get through them and yeah. learn from them. But they're not always. And, not and always. It's really yeah. important. To, it's really important to note that. No, I completely so. agree with that. It's I think it's unhealthy to because in the turn to form of victim blaming to go well. Exactly. I mean, well, come on, you're all bad stuff happens. You, yeah, take the good from it. There's not always good to be gleamed from everything, but if if there mm -hmm. isn't, if you can find it, yep, I guess latch onto it. it, it it's important too. Yeah. It's it's a good way to, I guess, at least cope through it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was way. thinking about and a good lens uh, to look back at it through. Yeah, I was thinking about the expression "what doesn't kill you makes you stronger," and I I don't love that expression because I think there are plenty of things. I mean, trauma is a real thing and, and things that yeah. a lot of things that don't Led. kill you, but come close lead to a lot of trauma that is, is, does not feel like it makes you stronger, but there are lots of things that, that feel terrible and hurt in the moment mm -hmm. that you can pull positives out of. So, and, and I think that's the point. Like it's not, mm -hmm. it's not always going to be the case, but when you can, you should. Definitely. So, that's a great favorite scene you have. I picked the same scene. There's also probably oh. like the long scene. <laughs> That's why I told you to go through it. Oh, all right. Well, I'm I'm actually a little surprised, but I'm I'm glad to hear really? it. I because I, I I was feeling a little I don't know self conscious and like maybe kind of imposter syndrome about pick, picking this scene because I was feeling like this is probably not the best scene. But man, I just really connected with it. So when you when you include the scene, because I. At first, I, I know didn't. there's a split it, there. There is, but you you include yeah. that split in it. Uh, so I I I, 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 care. I, I I mean I I would too. It's all I in did. the twenty twenty three. It's really there's all all it is that split is just like they show all four detectives. They're, they're just trying I, to remind you real quick. Yeah. Hey, we didn't forget about these guys. Yeah. <laughs> I I would include it all together, but even if you don't, I would just take everything before they show that split. But so like basically before, uh, what's her name? Bothroyd, I think is her name. Before she crashes the party, that would be my favorite scene. But if you let me include this, the stuff afterwards, then it's all my favorite scene. I, I think I, I, if I don't include the stuff afterwards, I picked this, but I, I was torn of picking a favorite scene. Like all the, all the ending scenes I mentioned. Yeah, they're all good. They're I, really I was thinking good. of them. I would say maybe <laughs> yeah. the, the twenty fifty three one. I, I maybe not, won't. Oh, no, that. One. I, I did I, the twenty fifty three one that I liked the best was the shootout scene that I picked for you. I, oh, I okay. liked that better than the Defoe scene at the end. Yeah, no, I agree. I think I liked that one more than the Defoe actually, one at the end. The Whiteheads. I I liked the Whitehead. Uh, in the office white. with sorry, Whitehead. Do you mean white men or Hillinghead? I keep saying white, <laughs> white, white men. <laughs> sorry 
They're both old timey. Don't worry about I, it. Oh, sorry, the Whiteman. I wish that they kept his name as Weissman, but I wouldn't get it wrong. But anyway, <laughs> uh, the, the Whiteman scene uh, where he's in the in his boss's office being interrogated by, or oh, being, yeah. like preached at by uh, Harker's being son. given his deal. Yeah, yeah. That that's my favorite Whiteman scene. I think so. Dude, there's so many good scenes in this. Episode. I know. There's a lot of I good know. scenes. That's <laughs> how you know it's a banger of an episode. Oh, it's so good. This series is really good yeah. i'm really glad we were watching this and honestly i was not very high on it after the first episode so i was i i, I was wasn't sure that it was going to get to this point but i'm i'm loving i think it. i think my new deal for the series was i think episode two because episode one i was still kind of excited for but episode two i thought wasn't oh it i mm-hmm. i went in excited from episode one but it, it didn't deliver okay but Henceforth, that has certainly gotten better and better and better in these last two, especially for me. Oh, Rory, is, they're so good. Right out of the park. I, yeah. I don't know where it's going to go still. but I, uh, Yeah, I mean, we've got two <laughs> episodes left. I, th- I assume they are going to focus a lot on Julian Harker's, you know, life because we, we, we've we got a big gap from 1890 to 1941 that's just a, a, all Julian Harker's life. Mm-hmm. So uh, I assume we're going to have that. I assume we're going to have um, a lot that's past where we are in 2053 because that's the other part that we don't know anything about we might have uh some filling in the gaps between 2023 and 2053 as well i don't know what they're gonna do with hilling head and whiteman honestly but i i uh, i think that uh i what might happen is they might get like saved by and i'm just saying like maplewood or hassan like they're gonna go back (laughs) in time now through the the throat and intercept like save maybe they'll go to healing head get healing head then we'll go to white men and yeah. save white men and then the four detectives will form the power rangers and then if you watch the canonical <laughs> power rangers series we'll kind of <laughs> loop it all in together i've never seen power rangers do they <laughs> show their faces i uh, i think so but oh, okay never mind and that kind of ruins that idea something well, no, of that nature not, not as power rangers but i think they have like their their actual I- identities are known i think yeah then never mind the not the power rangers okay but something of that elk or nature so <laughs> the avengers oh the- yes <laughs> the first cinematic universe <laughs> the justice league <laughs> yeah uh, actually justice league that sounds like a better title for this group it probably would be yes <laughs> anyway well i mean if, if they're going up against like know you are loved maybe they could be yeah don't think that you're hated <laughs> i mean i tell you what that that expression of know you're loved I, it, it holds so much meaning for me now it was just words that people were saying before but now it's like it's 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 a mission statement it's like it's what Mannix lacked his whole life he never knew if he was loved and now he he wants you to know know you're loved he wants everybody else to know, but he wants to feel it himself. And it, it's really interesting. In 2053, before he goes through the throat, he says that I still haven't felt it. I need to go back to 1890 so that I can feel it. So I have a feeling like we're going to get a bit of a love story in this next episode. You know what? And, it actually, yeah. mm-hmm. and it actually might be something that really humanizes him and Polly. So, Well, that's what I say, because like, Polly's a lot younger than him. <laughs> Uh, and, and I know that's not what I was wondering. And we kind of already she commented on the fact that she's going to play at someone's house. And maybe it was episode two, maybe three. Yeah. 
it was it was a long time ago <laughs> and we figured it's probably julian harker's house and i still yeah. think that's the case so yeah me too and i think you're spot on with that actually that we're gonna see maybe a love story i didn't even think about it but it does make a lot of sense and yeah. we know that him and polly had a kid it seems so yep yeah i yeah. i'm very excited to see the glue though as to uh, manix is a really interesting character uh, so, yeah, and I would not be surprised if uh, there is a Mannix in the future too, because they, they did tell us they, they did they haven't mm-hmm. mentioned it since then, but they did tell us that the Deutsch particle splits into two. It doesn't just travel back in time; it splits into two. We also don't know. I guess we don't know why there are so many bodies, right? We we now know why the body showed why Defoe's body showed up in 1890. We know how he died. But we don't know why there are so many in different times. No, you're right. Yeah, that is a question that is still up for um, yeah debate. Well, if we if if it's an equal amount of time in each direction, and he went back yep. to 1890, doing oh, some geez. math with the calculator, that means <laughs> the other self would be in 2216. Right. So I got. And I, I, and I don't know if it's an equal amount of time. I don't know if it is equal either. So if it is yeah. equal, 2216. But I want to see if I keep a. My eyes and ears peeled for anything about the future. No, I mean that would be interesting. Two thousand two hundred and sixteen shows up at like in the, the last episode or something. <laughs> That's for season two, <laughs> the second graphic uh, novel. I don't think there is a season two. No, I think no. I think this is a limited series. So no, yeah, it yeah. probably shouldn't be. Well, all right. Well, Kurt, let's play our game. Who said it? All right, Kurt, I have, as usual, four quotes for mm-hmm. you. As usual for bodies, I should say. It's only ever been... Now, see, I told, I warned you of the inflation, Mr. Sally. Yeah, you're now you're saying as usual. Yep. <laughs> All right. All right, I think this is the easiest one, so I'll go with this one first. Mm-hmm. I'll never forget how you held me that day. Mannix to Hassan in 2053. I was right. That was the easiest one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was pretty pretty easy. But this is this well, is hey, uh, hey, hey. that was a very <laughs> difficult one. All right, let's. Oh, sorry. Let's bad. gas it up. Okay, thank so, you. So, so he. Uh, this is this is the shootout scene that I guessed for your favorite scene. I I do love this scene. Uh, Hassan and Defoe are brought before Mannix, Maplewood, and the throat. And that he says that line to her, and she responds with, "And I'll never forgive myself for not killing you." Which now that we've seen it in 2023, like how could she have killed him? I mean, she's thinking like, back on it now with the lens of with like, all this hatred. And for him. He was so sympathetic. It was like yeah. it would have been. It would have been so out of character for her to kill him, and, and I mean, really just heinous for her to kill him in that moment so i mean i guess that you know it's the baby hitler argument right oh yeah <laughs> so, no it definitely is it, yeah mm-hmm. yeah would you would you go if you go back and find baby hitler would you kill him but anyway manix monologues a lot about creating a society where everyone feels loved which again that has deeper meaning for us now but he hasn't found love yet he will though he'll go back to 1890 and know that he is loved and Hassan gets him to admit to Maplewood that he triggered the explosive because Maple ha- Maplewood has some skin in that game too. She lost people mm-hmm. in that explosion. 
Uh, and so for him to admit this to Maplewood does mean something. But Hassan gets a gun, shoots uh, Maddox in the knee, which is why Harker has a limp in 1890, I assume. Mm-hmm. And he shoots her in the gut and tells Defoe to send him to 1890 because he doesn't yet know what happens to Hassan. I love that so as well. <laughs> that is really cool. That's really cool. Like, you I, know I, you I, die, <laughs> Defoe. That's not a question, but you don't know what happens to her. So send me. Uh, Maddox leaves the, uh, the New World to Maplewood. So he, he bequeaths Kyle to Maplewood. I guess she's the executive now. She's the yeah. commander. It's the equivalent of when a teacher leaves the classroom and says, you're in charge now. <laughs> I guess. We're not supposed to do that. <laughs> I know. <yet. laughs> Anymore. But I remember yeah. growing up. Yeah. And he, sa- he says to Maplewood that bomb didn't just take, it also gave. Which is the theme that we were talking about earlier, right? That, 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 that these things that hurt us so much can also be uh, we can we can derive value. Out yeah, of good things can come from yeah a terrible event, not necessarily right. better than the bad event, and not necessarily all the time. But yes, yeah. So he says the bomb didn't just take it, also gave, and then he goes through the throat. So this, I mean, this is a great scene too. Oh this is you know, I, I this just made me think of it because we're talking about Elias mm-hmm. before, and we're talking about Mannix now, and. Did did he is he in his own family tree twice, Mannix? Yeah, he would be. Yes. Yeah, because he because he so, eventually. So what's the lineage here? So we have Mannix has with Polly the chief. I yeah, the chief's I, name. I, I have his name. I just can't remember what it is. It's uh, uh it's right here. Oh, I've got and then it. it's Hayden. Hayden. Okay. Yeah. Down Hayden's lineage, we get Barber. Yeah, that's Who, his grandson. Barber okay. is Hayden's grandson. Okay, and then Barber is Has, allegedly, well, I mean, including, according to Sarah, who is his mother, yeah. Yeah. is his father. So he birthed himself. So, so, so yeah. So, so Barber is Hayden's grandson, which makes Harker his great grandfather, which makes Elias Harker's great great grandson. So he no, no, his, you got it wrong. He's his great great grandfather. Right, <laughs> I, I am my, I am my own my own great great grandpa. So, so yeah. But by the way, um, there's there's a if you like bodies, folks, uh, and Kurt, I guess too. There's a really great movie called Predestiny or Predestination. Predestination, I think it is. Uh, it's Ethan Hawke and oh uh, Sarah Snook, uh, and it is very very good. But I uh, he's uh, Ethan Hawke like is always singing a song in the, in the movie that goes, I am my own grandpa. Like, and so apparently that's an actual like country song. So that's what we're seeing here. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Well, right? I'm glad I got the quote. You did. Uh, you did. I, so I'm you planning got on the, getting all of them. Last time yeah. I only got three. That was the easiest one. So let's, let's see. Let's see what you can do with this one. I think that this one will be pretty easy too. I think you'll get this. Okay. okay. All right. Um, you can't do this to him. Not again. What? Oh, jeez. You can't do this to him. Oh, yes, not no, again. Okay, it's a sign to Sarah when Sarah yeah. will not come out to see him. See, you see, got it. Elias. Yeah, you got it. So Hassan, with with best intentions, <laughs> like all good intentions for Hassan, is 
gushing love for Jawad on the phone, right? Mm-hmm. But it within earshot of Elias. So this is I thought this was what was about a cause. I thought he would hear her say I, that and then Well it is. I mean, it, it, it's not not directly, it's a step. No, it, it's a step yes. towards it, right? You're right. Mm-hmm. There's these are these steps like Barbara dying. Yeah, but but they but they show it to us. like it's important that mm-hmm. we see this. It's important that we see that Elias is like, you know, seething under his skin when he hears the love that Jawad gets from his mother that he is about to not get from his mother so it's really important that that we see this first but then Hassan gets permission to drive him back to prison herself and she tells him that his mom is still alive but Elias doesn't want her to see him in prison so Hassan takes him to her and this is her fatal mistake this is this is what costs everything and it's done with best intentions right Mm-hmm. And I do love that too, because Sarah will not see him. Elias is devastated and unravels the tape that Barbara gave. Him. Oh yeah, I, the, the symbol for the episode. The symbol too. for the episode. This is it. This was the S. And was it the S? I think it was. The I, S. Think, I, think, I don't know which letter. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was the S. Um, in bodies in the title there, it was the S. Um, and it's got some numbers on it. And we we don't know what they mean, but oh, it's a phone number, isn't it? And we do now, yeah, because <laughs> he goes and steals a kid's phone to call that number on the tape, and that phone that that number is wired to a phone to a phone that's wired to the bomb. So now, <laughs> Elias, chance know you're loved in 2023. Maplewood looks upon the carnage of the scene that she's just witnessed. Whiteman goes to the gallows, Hillinghead goes to prison, and Elias just keeps chanting, know you are loved, know you are loved, I want to know, and he detonates the bomb. So, really gut-wrenching stuff here. I I, so desperately want to know, need to know, that I'm loved by someone out there. Everybody keeps telling me this is the way that it happens, so I'm doing it. Yeah, no, future yourself. Yeah. I if the future occurred told me to basically do anything, I'm probably gonna do it. That's <laughs> what I've decided now. I, I guess I kinda <laughs> just have to. I don't trust that guy. I am gonna get future Kurt, he's gonna call me and be like, Kurt, eat a very healthy diet. I'm like, oh jeez. I that mean, you are future one, me. I, mean, I guess I really I, should, though. Then. I mean, a future you is always going to tell you that. That's what I'm saying, right? Like, future is <laughs> like, Kurt, go, go learn, like, three languages. <laughs> yeah. Well, these are very general put things. Put in the reps so. here. Put, put in the reps you, for me. If, if you, if, now, if future Kurt says to you, Kurt, it's really, really important that you learn Portuguese. Like, I, I think oh, that's man. probably there's a lot of validity to that probably. No, but what if future Kurt is just really like a troll? <laughs> not even, well, just he. Let's say there's like a girl I really like in the future, and I just want to be able to like talk to her a bit in Portuguese. Nothing even right. comes of it. But I've yeah. now made past Kurt spend hours learning Portuguese just to have a small interaction in Portuguese. <laughs> or no, even, I want to have a vacation to Portugal, yeah. but I can't speak Portuguese, so I, I go in the time machine. <laughs> past Kurt. Trust me, you gotta learn Portuguese. <laughs> and then I go back and the boob, I, I mean, that would be You do know it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a life hack. <laughs> 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 
go back and tell your past self anything, and suddenly yeah. you got it. But that's but, but that's yeah, that's not the way these time travel rules work. I would have already known no. it. Yeah, exactly. But anyway, I don't trust Future Kurt because Future Kurt told me that we recorded this last night and we didn't. So I don't trust him. Mm, you probably got confused. <laughs> Apparently, I, mean, I just didn't know which day of the week it was. It was a short shortened week of school, so maybe that's why. <laughs> anyway, okay, your next quote. Who? I cannot live with your blood on my hands. Huh. I cannot live. What? I cannot live with your blood on my hands. Yes. <laughs> oh, come on. I thought you were gonna get this one. I'm worried about the last one. <laughs> I cannot live with your blood on my hands. I mean it's uh, thinking about it, uh Hillinghead, I could see him saying this, especially to Henry, maybe even about his family in general. Would Hassan say that I cannot live with your blood on my hands? No, I don't think Hassan would say that. And I don't think Elias said that. I don't think Mannix said that. I could not live with your blood on my hands. Does Defoe say No, I don't think Defoe says that. And I don't think Maplewood says that. Hmm. Would Whiteman say that? I cannot live with your blood on my hands. I guess that could be an insulting thing, isn't it? It'd be a really insulting thing to tell someone before you kill them. It would be. <laughs> but I think if it comes from a place of love. I'm going to take the skip on this one. Come back okay. to it. As, as, as per tradition. As for the segment, tradition. Kurt, Kurt will okay. just choose not to answer a quote, and then we'll listen to another one. All right. Well, and as per tradition, I'll give you a fourth quote. I, this is what I do with bodies. Four quotes. Here it is. Mm-hmm. The quote is, There it is, that hunger. <laughs> there it is. That hunger. I, <laughs> I don't know. Well, you already skipped one. I don't know. If it's, there, there it is. That hunger. There it is. That hunger. <laughs> so I, I think this is Mannix saying it, but I don't know if this is like Mannix when 1941 white men's coming to shoot him or if this is I'm going to say this is Mannix to Maplewood. Okay. It is not Mannix, and it is not said to Maplewood. It is right. Hayden to Whiteman. Hmm. What was the... Could you, I don't even know what was saying then. That's the context, yeah, okay. please. So, so Hayden is Harker and Polly's son, right? Are they He brings Whiteman into the police station, brings him up to the office, and tells Whiteman that he'll go down for all the murders. Or he can make a deal and be chief inspector tomorrow when he sees the, the glint in Whiteman's eye when he says oh, yeah. that. And he says, there it is, that hunger. <laughs> Which, the emperor. I, yeah. <laughs> I really like this scene a lot. I really like how he plays off of, of Whiteman's greed. He knows that Whiteman is greedy. He knows that Whiteman uh, will compromise his values for the sake of a buck and so he plays off of that and he shows him the defoe photos from 1890 
Whiteman mm-hmm. wants to know who's really in charge here. Who's this burning bush that you keep talking about? And Hayden says, well, you know what? My father would knew that you'd come. And he tells his underling to call Harker house. Well, now Whiteman's got all the information that he needs. Mm-hmm. He uses the liquor bottle that Hayden had been drinking out of. This is <laughs> not his liquor. This was, uh, what's his name? Callaway's. Liquor. Callaway's liquor. Thank you. Uh, uses that liquor bottle to knock out the underling and stab Hayden in the throat. And he throws yeah. down his badge on the way out. Yeah. That, pretty B.A. scene. Uh, yeah, he's, a cool, he's a cool guy, Whiteman. He's a cool guy. You can't uh, deny it. Did the, did the total 180. He really did. Yeah. No, he, yeah. he's an honorable gentleman. Well, yeah. Because two weeks ago, Whiteman would have gone for this deal, I think. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah, the, the death of the girl really... Has spurred him on. Yep. Okay. All right. Well, well, you're two for three, and you still have one uh, left. I, I think I'm going to be two for four. Yeah. Okay. I cannot live with your blood on my hands. Just be quick hedge for half a point. Okay. Here. You know what? Here's what I'm going to take two guesses, and I'm going to get one right, I get half a point. <laughs> How's that? Can I? I don't, I don't like it. This is we're gonna do this. We're gonna do this I, New York State Regents grading style. Only the first answer counts. <laughs> I think it's the scene where Hassahed, um, Whitehead. No, no, Hassahed. Hassahed. Oh, oh, Hassahed. Got it. Okay. So yeah. when Hassahed is speaking with uh, someone they really care about. <laughs> And, and, um, yeah, uh, talking to someone they very much care about and they're explaining their circumstance. (laughs) I kind of like this. This is great. (laughs) So, so, yeah, that's what I'm guessing. (laughs) You're right. Really? Well, yeah, it is, it is one of them doing that (laughs) to a person they care about. I'll take that. My point. Yeah, that's fine. The bank. To, to be more specific now for the, the regions, <laughs> now that we've got the regions creating out of the way, it's Hassan's only other 2023 scene or Hillinghead talking to Henry. Gotcha. It is Hillinghead talking to Henry. Ah, I should have stuck with that first. <laughs> yeah, you said it. it. And I was like, oh, he <laughs> so got over it. Over and over again. Why is, why you're trying to talk himself out of it now. <laughs> I, I was wondering if you tried to do the gambit of picking all the 2023 scenes. You got my head. Uh, I, I thought maybe you were trying to. Get rid of I, all I the picked, I picked one of each. Ah, I, one. I can't trust you anymore on that. <laughs> but I hadn't picked all 2023 scenes up to that point. I know. But I, I just, okay. I, just, I, I thought it could have applied. I, I don't know. I, listen, okay. I, I, I feel like a fool now, all right? I don't want to talk about it anymore. <laughs> okay. What happened in the scene? Fine. Okay. So Hillinghead goes to Henry, and he made, he made the commissioner's son sign a sworn affidavit saying that he wasn't with Henry, which means that Henry is not off the hook for this murder anymore. Harker's making him frame Henry. He tells him this. He t- tells Henry, like, I'm, they're making maneuver. me frame you. They're making me frame you, and I can't help it because I don't want to hurt my family. I'm going to lose them if I don't frame you. But I'm not here to arrest you. I'm here to tell you to run. And Henry, like, sobs at this he says they're gonna kill you if you stay he sobs he he hugs Hillinghead from behind and asks him to go with him he holds him all i could think of during this scene is 
don't go. <laughs> that's, that's, that's all I can think of. This is an inside joke. But when, when I was in high school, I, I would uh, go visit uh, uh, the local um, special needs kindergarten classroom um, once a week. And I, we were everybody who who did that was assigned like one kid to kind of be there, like a big brother, big sisters type thing. Uh, and my the little boy that I was assigned to, uh, he was just adorable. Uh, and every time I I had to go because I had to go, I had a class that I had to get back for, uh, and he said, "All right, I have to leave now." And he'd, say, he'd look at me with these giant eyes and just say, "Don't go." <laughs> he had this, this really deep raspy voice like, don't go <laughs> like, so when 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 a harker or i'm sorry when henry is holding on the healing head like this all i could think of was don't go but anyway uh but healing head is convinced that they're going to try to kill henry they're going to kill henry if he stays so he says i cannot have your blood on my hands you need to go you need to run and he's not going with them either so Oof. all right so good there we have it. Yes. Good stuff. All right. I think well, uh, I'm we've, glad we've... it appears that Henry did not betray Hillinghead so far. You mean Hillinghead betray Henry? No. You, did you predict that Henry would eventually betray Hillinghead? Oh, yes, Hillinghead? I did. I'm I did. glad to see that. I'm glad to see that is not coming to fruition so far. Yeah, it still could. But it still could. I'm, no, it certainly I feel less could. confident about it. Henry's seemed to have real emotion there. Yeah. So. <laughs> You're right. faking that, yeah. Right. Even even, like even Hillinghead's wife saw it in it. <laughs> I guess so. I guess she saw it in Hillinghead. So Never yeah, mind. yeah. Apparently, so, well, we'll get to that when we enter the recap. So let's talk about it. Let's start off with 1890. The only other 1890 scene. Only one more eighteen ninety scene. Okay, so I well, I guess there's this little really brief thing in the beginning where Helen Head looks at the incriminating photos and heads out to we don't know where. Yeah, okay. looks. I I wrote he looks stressed. Yeah, that, <laughs> rightfully so. Rightfully so. All right, uh, we we already talked about him going to see Henry, uh, but now in eighteen ninety. Yeah, well, I, uh, you know what? There's another 1890 scene too, but 1890 <laughs> Hillinghead leaves Paxman everything he needs to get his man. That's what he says. Here's I, uh, this is everything you need to get your man, and then he leaves. You know, Paxman says, "Just put it on my desk." You know, oh, uh, it's not all that interested in it. Hillinghead goes home and confesses to Charlotte, but she already knew that although his love for Polly, or for her and for Polly, is and always has been so real. There's always been something else equally real. Which is, I mean, it's heartbreaking and probably very typical of the time. In what way? I, oh, I imagine that there were many, many married people. Oh, that, yes. Who, who had <laughs> posited, like, yes, not who, who, suppressing yeah. their feelings just because society mm-hmm. doesn't, I mean, as they should, it's illegal, Mr. Sam. <laughs> Apparently, it was illegal. Because. <laughs> Yeah, I don't remember what the exact terminology was. Uh, had called it, but in, was it something gross indecency, <laughs> something like that? Oh God, so gross! It is gross. But at any rate, uh, I imagine this was really common back then. I'm, yeah, I'm sure. No, she's very upset, but also very compassionate. As, as is he. This is a really beautiful, compassionate, emotion-filled conversation. It it's was. not. 
it's not like a, a uh, an angry or violent breakup scene. This there's a lot of compassion here. I thought about they, making this my favorite scene. This, yeah, I mean, there's gen- I mean, there is genuine love here between these people, and it's, it's, and, it's and the intercuts was showing Polly a bit, right? Yes. So, like, ever since you see Polly, oh yeah, nineteen forty one, I'm almost like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <sorry. laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> no, you're right. Every you have to look at Polly in a different light every time we see her. But the police show up and arrest Helling Head for Defoe's murder. He signed a confession, but Polly knows he's lying. Polly can always tell when her father's lying. She knows he's lying now. He never says it, though. He says, I killed the man. But Polly knows better. Where do you want to go next, Kurt? And then I guess the last 1890s. Oh, yeah. The last Julian Harker. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. Yep. Manic slash Harker wakes up naked. The origin Mark story. Slain with the a tattoo. <laughs> now, that, it was, I will say this, it was winter there, right? He, it was snowing. and It was like cold covered, outside. Covered yeah. him with a coat. Somebody covered him with a coat. So, like, it could have been, like, January or February. And then we saw him later, like, in the fall. So. Yeah, very true. Very true. Once he's established himself. But, the, Yeah. Well, now I'm thinking about how, like, oh, he's he's a savvy business person with his mother's seances, mm-hmm. and, and it's like he did that all in like the span of a few months. I don't know. Still, it's well, but all he knows. Town. But but he's. Got, I know. I know he knows what's gonna like happen, so he can do all the yeah. savvy investments. But he's that well known, and I guess he's not that well known because Henry knew him, but Hellinghead did not. So okay, you know, yes, okay, okay all, all right. but also. Julian Harker was an actual person. First of all, the mother, yeah, was 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 a known society, you know, figure. Mm-hmm. And Julian Harker was a known person. It just doesn't look like him anymore. Yeah, I just went to war, came back, looks a little different. Exactly. All right, what year are we going to next, Kurt? Are you going to look at your children a lot more carefully now when they come home, just to make sure <laughs> <laughs> you don't I, get I, you I don't was... get Julian Harkered? Well, he had been away at war. Say right? Yeah, yeah. So you better if your kids are gone for an extended period of time, it's just out. Yeah. Have some have some code questions. But as for the next <laughs> timeline, up the chain, nineteen forty one. Okay, nineteen forty one. Mannix records his message to his son. <laughs> it's fourteenth of July. Two hundred thousand are are dead with the initial blast. Double that in the aftermath. Double again in the fallout. Whew. He makes it kind of more of like a uh, what, what, what's it called? Not grassroots. Uh, not uh, populist. There you go. It makes it more of like a populist movement type of thing of destroying, I guess the mm-hmm. the upper class or you know. Yeah, that way it is, it is. It's very political. Yes. 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 What was right. interesting is brought into the station in cuffs, and then we get the scene that I already talked about uh, with Hayden. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So moving on with Whiteman, after he has left the police station and uh, and very uh, unceremoniously resigned, but, uh, <laughs> <A little> bloody. <laughs> yeah. He, he he goes to Harker House. He knocks out the butler. He kills Polly, who's playing the piano, playing "What a Difference a Day Made." I don't know if you caught that or not. That that was used in the closing titles, I believe, at ep- at the end of episode four. Uh, which was when also oh, lazy uh, scoring oh. uh, when Hassan was kind of thrown in the cell by 
by Andrew Morley. Um, I think they played this song, and now Polly's playing it here. But, you know, playing the piano, obviously. Um, but he kills Polly. Polly does say, uh, I, I took her so peacefully, something like that. Mm-hmm. Do you remember exact, the exact wording? I didn't know. No, I don't know the exact words. No. Anyway, but but anyway, she she she's claiming that she was merciful with Esther in the way that she took her life, but Whiteman's not having it and just pops what, her right there. What I like about Whiteman here, he's so no nonsense now. Oh yeah. And, I like that. Which is yeah. again, really cool. As yep. is Whiteman. Right. He's no nonsense now, especially he got burned for last time with not yep. killing me. At least that's probably the way he feels for not killing Polly. I guess he wanted more yep. information from her, but now that he has all the information he needs, aka mm-hmm. Julian Harker, yep. he, he's just here on vengeance. It's just business now. <laughs> just business yep. now. And yep. even more so when he comes into Julian's yep. bedroom. Yep. Yeah. He, Harker doesn't get much out. He just says, you know, you're too late. It's already done. And he just kills him. Now, you do kind of expect a little more ceremony out of these main characters who are, who are dying by Whiteman's hand. But no, Whiteman's just getting it done. Uh, after he does, though, the phone rings. He sits and waits for the police to come and arrest him. And then we do see him going to the gallows. <laughs> like sits and has the drink waiting for the police to come. That's right. That's right. Hey, you know what? If Hayden can drink uh, Callaway's liquor, then Whiteman can drink Harker's. <laughs> Harker's not going to use it now. No. So. Maybe, we'll, maybe we'll save it for Elias. Ah, maybe. All right. Where are we going next? I don't know. What do you think? 2053 or 2023? Uh, I'd, I'd rather go to the future here. 2053? You I think, think so? Well, well, actually, we've already no, talked yeah, about this. Let's do 2023 because there's yeah, only well, one 2023 yeah, scene exactly, left. Exactly, yeah. Today is July 14th. Hassan alerts the counterterrorism team. They kind of poo-poo it, but Hassan has that key. So they head to Harker Bank. And the key is to a vault that's been in her name since 1941. She keys in, and a phone rings. She answers it, and the lights come on. It's Barber. There's a bomb, and it's live. Elias has the trigger. He's scared. He's confused. And Barber tells her how to get to him alone. But not so alone. <laughs> so I, I think this is there's not a lot of comedy in this series, but it's kind of comedic how the agents don't believe her. You know, it's a hoax. It's ridiculous the notion that they could have a nuclear bomb and hide it and make it, and this all started happening before Hiroshima even. <laughs> and right. That, that is kind of what happened actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <clears throat> all right, so off to twenty fifty three. We go. Maplewood stares into the throat and sees the the symbol of the tattoo. Like that's what she's staring at. I, I assume she's noticing it. But check it out. Let me know what you think, For listeners. Showhopperspodcast at gmail dot com. Do you think I'm right? Is that the symbol? I think it is. Are you, ta- are you referring to when it just briefly shows her, or is this like when twenty fifty three scenes actually start? Because like, no, are you talking is, about the period where it shows all of them briefly yes. well? 2020? Okay, yes. got it. Okay, okay. The first thing we see of, of Maplewood is that very quickly she's staring into the throat and at the dead bodies all around her. And when she stares into the throat, they do give us a shot of the throat. And you can, I, I think, see very clearly this, this, the symbol, the three vertical lines and the one horizontal. Mm-hmm. All right. But yeah, the, the miswritten tally. 
Yes, exactly. Something the, they forgot about in 2053. The, yeah, the lazy tally or the negligent tally. <laughs> the incorrect tally. Yes, exactly. All right, we talked. We already talked about the next 2020 or 2053 scene. That's the uh, the shootout, the Manix Hassan shootout, and I think we already talked about the end too, didn't we? Yeah. Defoe kills the last guard, but it gets. A, oh, I guess we did. We oh uh, the last twenty fifty three scene. No, we did not. Yeah, yeah. No. So Defoe kills the last guard, gets a gun, and he tells Maplewood she can choose to let him go and into the past to stop the loop. And he says, "Catch me if you can. You already have." And we, we hear that over and over again as he backs into the throat. Maplewood shoots him in the eye. He goes through. The bullet does not. Oh. He goes through with no tattoo and with clothes, so <clears throat> it's important that we see Maddox at the end wake up naked and with the tattoo so that we can understand at least <clears throat> that this is something that happens when you go through the throat. I've pulled it up now, what you're referring mm-hmm. to for the, uh, yeah. the, the, the tattoo showing on yes. it. And I see what you mean. I see what you mean. Yeah. I mean, it didn't look quite, quite like it, but I mean, it does look very... I think you're I mean, right. It's not, the spacing is not exact, uh, mm-hmm. but it is three three vertical lines with a horizontal line across them, right? That yeah, that that, yeah. that it is. That it yeah. is. So there you have it, folks. That's the episode, Kurt. Mm-hmm. The time has come to in this timey wimey series. Check that. Actually, I would not call the series timey wimey. No, it's not. Yeah, because it's not really like <laughs> funking around. Well, no. It's it really it's it's we've seen one person in one corpse time travel so far. That's true. All right. So, but let's check the time. Ain't no time like a TV time. It's TV time. And I believe that the users gave this episode a five out of five. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I I agree. I think they definitely gave it a five. They did 79%, which leads us to the characters. Hmm. I am going to say that you, well, let me, I'm, I'm going to say the users went with Hassan for this one and that you went with Mannix. I think you went Mannix character or not characters. The people went yeah, uh, Hassan. Okay. Yeah. We are right about the people. The people did say Hassan 54%. And you're right about me. I did say Mannix because Mannix is not just Mannix. It's Julian Harker. It's Elias. It's that whole character. I love him. I almost picked Mannix, but I'm just, oh. I'm such a, I'm such a white man fan. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought he was so cool. He is cool. I, I will totally agree that Mannix, Elias, Julian, Goes through so much more stuff in this episode. Hassan yeah. does. Um, yeah. Heck, Hillinghead does even, actually. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Maple, would you could arguably, argue. Yeah, Maple was probably the smallest character well, in the episode. But. I, I, I will not argue that. I 100% agree with that. But he's just really cool. <laughs> he is cool. I forgot about the rule of cool. <laughs> it's just, he's just, yeah, I like him. Uh, he's really won me over. <laughs> I, I don't blame you. The dude's amazing. <laughs> so, uh, and that, he was in second place with the users, 29%. As he should be, because he's just that yeah. cool. <laughs> what I like about Mannix is it's more Elias than it is Mannix, the reason I picked Mannix, because the Elias stuff to me is just so interesting. 
I mean, really. And then hearing Julian Harker's voice on the record, just playing off every insecurity that Elias has. Uh, seeing Elias at the end just say, know you're loved, know you're all loved, I want to know, as he pushes the button. It, it reminds me, and I, I know we talked about last uh, our last coverage of last week's episode, mm-hmm. whether or not Mannix is really a villain. Right. And, and in what ways, and as the series gets draws to an end, we'll probably land more one way or the other. Maybe we won't. Maybe it'll be great the entire time. Yeah. But... He's definitely the antagonist for our protagonist, mm-hmm. and having the story kind of almost he's the set he, he's the he's the constant between it all, right? Yeah, it's very yeah. similar to, and you haven't seen this movie because you swear it off, but I'm sure a lot of the <laughs> listeners have Infinity War. I think does a great oh. job in the similar elk with Thanos. He's kind okay. of like your uh, they they really showcase the antagonist throughout. You learn his rationale a lot better yeah. and. Very solid throughout. So, I was saying, yeah, very you know, much reminds me of that. I what I like about this Elias character, the, specifically the fifteen-year-old Elias, is that he's so clearly not a villain, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but he does push that button. But that button pushing is so impersonal that you can see he why he doesn't really. It. Yeah, like he's pushing like, the button, not yeah, because he really wants to, but because of like what's being told to him to, to do the button exactly you know you're you're gonna you need to push this button if you will if you do you will know you are loved like that's so all he all he gets out of pushing that button is the is the confidence that he will someday know he's loved that that's it but he also doesn't pay the cost in person he doesn't see the explosion he doesn't see the the aftermath he doesn't see the pain and the suffering right away so uh, like it's it's almost like a costless like he doesn't have anything to lose by pushing that button he's like listen i make it to that ripe old age yeah <laughs> i'm doing it yeah exactly i mean it, it's uh, there, there's a famous button pushing in and lost as well right mm-hmm. pushing the button. yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh but the, but it's it's kind i guess it's kind of similar to that because they're pushing the button on blind faith too it is, yeah, no, you're right. It's definitely faith-based. You know? Yeah, and and that's what he's doing. He's just putting his faith in his future self that if he pushes this button, he will know that he is loved. And that's not an entirely like evil thing to do because mm. he doesn't get to see the consequences of it right away. No, I agree. It's definitely not. A, it's not a black and white situation. Like it's, I mean, it's different than you know, shoot Hassan in the face. And you will know you are loved. That's mm-hmm. a different story. Like you, I mean, you, it's very personal. He, she, she's there. He's there. He's taking this life that's right in front of him. He took a lot of lives here, and and arguably, if this person mm-hmm. is from the future, yeah, they kind of have the best advice out of anyone in theory, <laughs> yeah. in in a, in a weird way, you know, especially if it's your own future self, yeah. Yeah, I, I know that we we had talked a lot about how uh, so much of our perception of of Maddox as villain depends on the circumstances around him pushing the button. Uh, I think, as I see this, I I still don't see Elias as a villain. Uh, I can certainly see Harker as a villain, though. Because, right? Uh, mm-hmm. and, oh and, yeah, uh, because he's 
telling Elias to kill all these people so that he, this one person, can feel loved. Well, and all those people, you know, well, it, 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 the world. Really, unless he really believes the cause of Kyle that that <sighs> people feel more loved in that society, although. I, he's he's a little bit blinded if he if he feels that everyone is loved in Kyle. So they're loved even know. if they don't know it. Yeah. So I guess my answer to my own question is I still don't really know, <laughs> and I want to see more to really evaluate whether I think he's a villain or if there's there's a lot of humanity to him. Oh, there's still time, Mister Talos. Two more episodes. So what is, is what is the next, next episode? Is catch me if you can. Ah, the famous movie. Yes, Leonardo DiCaprio, Tom Hanks. Catch me if you can. I wonder if Leo will make an appearance here. I doubt it. Well, Tom um, Hanks surely will. Uh, well, that goes without saying. But that's uh, referring, I assume, to Defoe's line that he says as he goes through the mm-hmm. throat and as Maplewood shoots him. Catch me if you can. You already have. So, I don't know. I don't know if Maplewood's going chasing or what. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, folks, email us, showhopperspodcast.gmail.com. Let us know what you think. Spread the podcast around. Tell people you know. Tell people you care about. Tell people you don't care about. Tell everybody about showhoppers. Tell everybody about bodies. I, you know, it's not in the top ten on Netflix anymore. Let's, let's get back up there. I think we can do that. I, it, it deserves a it's pretty good. I, I think so. It's, it's a At very, least so very far. We'll see how it ends. It might end as a stinker. You know what? If it does, then I'll just disavow any now any uh, existence of the last two episodes because I'm I'd be fine with this right here. <laughs> yeah, so, this could be an ending. Yeah, yeah I'd be fine with it. Anyway, uh, check out our back catalog. We've got a lot of things that we've already talked about during the course of this episode. Better Call Saul, Lost. You know, I see a lot of Last of Us in this up in this series too. Uh, really one of the I mean maybe the theme of the Last of Us is love is beautiful. And love is horrible, right? Mm-hmm. Love makes us do beautiful, wonderful things, and love makes us do awful, horrible things. And we see that very much on display in this episode. That's very true. So, um, yeah. So check check those out. Maybe check out um, I don't know. Well, Lost. We we talked about Lost in this episode too. So uh, there, we have lots of other stuff there too. I'm not going to list them all. Go check that out. Should be good stuff. So I think I feel like I'm forgetting something. Oh, five-star ratings and reviews would be very much appreciated. Of course. Folks, we must leave you. We'll be back next week to talk about Catch Me If You Can. In the meantime, know you are loved. Shoe hammer some show hoppers into your day.